Well, hello. It's a pleasure to have you with me for another episode of Talking Dogs. I'm Graham Hall, or perhaps you know me better as the Dog Father. I'm the chap on TV's Dogs Behaving Very Badly, who turns up at despairing dog owners' houses armed with some new training tools for them to try. I bring as many tips as I can to this podcast too, and you might even get a tale or two from my decade plus of training dogs if you're lucky. Dogs love food. They're very motivated by the very thought of it. Uh, Now, we know that, and that's why we often use a treat as a reward in training. But we only want them to eat what we deem appropriate for them to eat. Your dog needs to know what's their food and what's your food. Now, I recently met Cockapoo Bailey on TV's Dogs Behaving Very Badly. He was intent on eating all the food, like dog food, human food. It was all the same to him, and he'd stop at nothing to get it. Ilana, Bailey is your lovely dog. Can you describe the mayhem that was triggered as soon as a family member uh, got any food out? It went absolutely crazy in our household, whether we would be at home or whether we'd be at family members or whether we'd be at friends. The minute Bailey smelt any scent of food, he would literally think it was his. And everything, his whole mannerisms, all his mannerisms, everything about him would just automatically change. And he'd be on just full alert, just trying to think, how can I get that piece of food? You know, literally, he would put himself at risk some of the time, trying to get get whatever he could. He, he was just wired just to want anything that was out there. Mm, and he was quick as well, wasn't he? I mean... so, so quick <laughs> that often we, you know, we were too slow. We just, it was impossible to, to catch him before obviously he had grabbed what he had intended to. It would just cause, you know, a lot of, you know, stressful situations for us. And we, we just couldn't relax. You know, the minute, well, I certainly, the minute I thought about food, I would be thinking, okay, kids, you know, it, it can't be in his, you know, in his sight, it can't be in his reach. And it was just really hard work, really, really hard work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that struck me that he was, he was so fast when he went for it. Basically, if it was in his reach, it was in his gob. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's boom, gone. And he's clever as well. You, you, you'd see that he'd, he'd figured all sorts of ways out of, of stealing food, hadn't he? Yeah. Just take us through what, what things you'd tried as a family before I arrived? Look, we, we tried, well, I certainly tried to tell everybody, please don't feed him at the table. Um, you know, the usual things that I think, you know, most pet owners try and say, you know, they, they, we, we tried to set rules, but unfortunately they didn't always get met. <laughs> um, you know, he's a very cute looking dog. And, you know, sometimes if he gave you those puppy eyes, people would give in. And I have to be honest, including myself sometimes. We've got three daughters and we've always got, you know, a very busy household, uh, what with family and friends. And it, it was sometimes really hard to control what everybody else was doing. And that was that was difficult, really difficult, yeah. Yeah, because it's not always about controlling the dog, it's controlling the family, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I remember your husband, Daniel, saying, well, I've uh, we tried to put some rules in, but um, I didn't always get the backup round here. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him, he did try. And I have to say, when Daniel's around, you know, Bailey seems to definitely listen a bit better and he is better behaved I think I'm probably the weakest link to Bailey me and the kids and you know he tries to get away with whatever he can put it like that 
Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's the other thing. He's a bit of a chancer, isn't he? So he's, he's like, if you're going to leave that there, I am going to have it. I did notice that, actually, that he was better when Daniel was around. And I, I think that's perhaps because Daniel had a clearer idea as what the boundaries were. You know, you're not Probably. having any my food. <laughs> the, the other thing I spotted was that, uh, actually, when he was good, which admittedly wasn't very often, but there were times when there was food about and he wasn't actually going for it. Um, do you remember I said to you, you're not, just, you're not praising him? Yes. And that's very common. You know, because mm. I, th- I think often we're in that that place where we're just expecting him to do it, the bad thing, whatever it is. We're not actually going, oh, good boy, because right now is good, you know. So, yeah, let, let, let's talk about the training that we put in, because there's quite a bit. There was stuff that we did in the house, which was really quick, actually. And then there was outside in the park, because... I just, I mean, I've just remembered what what the park was like. By the way, <laughs> going, going for a walk in the park, oh. blimey! And I, I mean, he was off like a rocket. You were like, "I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry." I've no, I don't think I've ever heard a person say, "I'm so sorry" so many times because in a it's minute. It's so embarrassing mm. when you. It's just, I just didn't know where to put myself. You know, when you're in those situations, because you just think, "I've let him off, and all he's done." You know, he could go play with other dogs, he could go enjoy himself, and he just goes straight for the, either the cafeteria or the picnic blankets or whatever it might be. You know, he, he's he's just so... He's like lightning. Yeah. He just goes. He was. He was like a food-seeking missile, wasn't he? Absolutely. Um, but uh, the funniest bit for me was when he got on top of a picnic table because there was a couple of people eating food at, at one of those picnic tables and boom, straight on the top. I'm like, oh, OK. I know. So, uh, yeah. And the other thing that's interesting about him was he's 10 years old. So uh, this, this, this sort of behaviour had been bedded in for 10 years. And, you know, people always say, oh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You know, I've never believed that. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about the training then. So in the house, to me, it was just clear that we had to to get those boundaries right so the basic principle was uh, no human food no your food yes so to make that really clear to him i thought well if we if we took a treat of his into his bowl that's a really clear sign so we're not feeding him from the table because that that would have been potentially confusing mm-hmm. you know if we're saying back away from our food but then we'll feed you from the table to reward you to back off yes. it doesn't work does it so the bowl was sort of uh, was a couple of meters away I suppose you know and if he backed away from the food on the table and he got a treat thrown into into his bowl and he was told he was a good boy so that worked really well and I remember I remember the looks on your faces actually when I put the food on the floor our food on the floor yeah. <laughs> and he he just sat there and looked and I thought yeah you are clever because that <laughs> that that same wily cleverness that you've used to nick food for 10 years we can use that to train the opposite and he's just like if i back off you're going to get you're going to chuck food in my bowl aren't you yes i am clever boy so that worked really well and i think the the, the lesson there is when you come up with a bit of training make it really clear you know what do we want mm. you know we want you to back off and if you back off how are we going to reward it going to give you a treat over there um what don't we want well we don't want you to come forward once or twice when we put the food on the floor i think it was the sausages that was the final thing if i remember right there were three plates weren't there so yes. when, the, when the sausages went down finally went no i can't help myself and as he moved <laughs> forward i just stood up sort of blocked with the foot there's no contact at all and it was, i think mm. i just said back off you know back off he then backs off he's like, okay good lad there's your treat over there again so it, 
I think it's all about clarity, and I just don't think he'd had that clarity. That's all for ten years. No, and I think, and I, and definitely, when when I when I could see what he was capable of, you know, with the correct training or you know with the correct tips, it, you know, we were shocked. You know, as as a family, we were quite surprised how how quickly he got it actually, and it's just for us, it's just a matter of keeping it up, and you know, it's all very well if I do it or Daniel does it or even the kids, but when other people may come into our house and they don't do it 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 puts us back a step sometimes so it's just keeping consistent um but i'm definitely you know i'm more on the ball and i'm obviously more aware when we're having meals at home or when we go out and we take him with us you know whether it is to friends or family because often you know friends of ours have got dogs themselves and they're like you know bring bailey it's fine and before i was a bit like oh really do you really want a meal with bailey around it's not exactly (laughs) relaxing um but no, 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 it's uh, it, it's definitely improved. And, and I've just got to keep on it, really, to be fair. And and I ask everybody who sort of comes into the house, just, you know, please don't feed him at the table. I know he might look really cute and he might give you that look, but please, it's just going to damage everything we've tried to do. <laughs> the training outside was... Was something I was a bit more apprehensive about because I thought I can control the environment inside, but outside not so easy. But I thought that's why we used the long line initially because if we'd have just let him off and he was running up to to the family with the with the picnic blanket on the go and loads of food on it, if we'd have just let let him off and shouted, you know, wait for him to just hold fire and then come for him to come back to us, it wouldn't have worked because he he could have just gone ha ha and carried on and he'd have run him up, wouldn't he? Most definitely, yeah. Yeah. So the long line was just a means to an end, really. That gave us a chance to, to actually halt him if we needed to and then the question you've always got to answer in dog training is if you stop a dog doing something so there's a consequence for something then the flip side is okay so what's in it for me to do the opposite to listen to you and in this case to come back to you and the answer to that was well we got a bit of sausage you know and we're going to make it fun because we're going to go scoot backwards little tip you know and so it's like right so if i i really want to go and, and, and raid that picnic but if I hear wait, I have to wait. It's not an option now. But if I hear come, then I'm gonna I'm gonna run back and I'm gonna get sausage anyway. So I might as well listen to me, Mum, you know. So I do think in situations like that, a long line can be really useful as long as you're using it to send out signals in effect. Absolutely. And I have to say I Look, you know, we haven't really gone through summer months yet, so um, there hasn't been as many picnickers out. But there's often, you know, especially like on kids' holidays and things, lots of people just sitting around in the park. They've probably got, you know, bags of food and all the rest of it. And whenever I do go over there and I sort of, you know, sense anything, I have to be honest, that long lead has been really, really good. Yeah, I mean, look... I'll be able to tell, you know, come the summer, obviously, when I take him over there, when the weather gets a bit nicer and, you know, the park is really busy, you know, near us with lots of picnickers. And I want to be able to go there and I want to be able to take Bailey with us. And I'll just, I I will definitely have that lead to hand because, and and the treats, obviously, (laughs) because, you know, they seem to really work for him. You know, he loves those sausages, so... Well, yeah, that's that's the thing, you see. When it comes to rewards, you reward a dog with whatever is rewarding to them. Now, that sounds obvious to say. Uh, And treats are the thing that that people just jump to first. Now, a lot of dogs just aren't that food motivated, so it just wouldn't work. (laughs) 
but in his but case, is. <laughs> <laughs> if there's yes. one dog I've seen in this whole series that <laughs> oh. I was definitely going to use treats for, it was Bailey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just I cannot believe it because I reckon if if I was to probably not that I would treat him all day, I just think to myself, do you not get full? He would just keep going. I, I, there's a thing there. He's not a Labrador, but with Labradors, about twenty four percent have a defective gene that means that they never feel full would you believe i just wonder whether there are other breeds maybe he's where. got that maybe yeah there you <laughs> that's go. the answer it's not me that's what it is yeah yeah he looks like a cockapoo he thinks he's a cockapoo but there's a big part of his brain that's a labrador yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's the point if you've got a dog who's crazy for food then yeah why wouldn't you use food as the reward you know and then just a last little tip really anything that you put in by way of help like treats like the long line they're, they're there, as, I always think of them as like stabilisers on a kiddie's bike, you know. It's there to help you while you're training and then eventually you fade them out and you take them off, you know. So, so yeah, by all means use the, the long line if it helps. And you're right, with the summer coming, you know, you'll have a bit more to think about. But you're always aiming for that time when you go, right, okay, can I do this without feeding you every single time? Maybe you make it random, you know. Or can I do this from a certain distance from the victims over there having a picnic without the long line on? So that's where you're going. Well, he did do it, didn't he? If uh, He did do it on that, uh, you know, that day we, we went out. And it was incredible that he sat there with a whole picnic, you know, with a whole blanket of food. And he just, he sort of knew his boundary, didn't he? He knew not to cross that line. He definitely did. And, and often it's the, it's a case where I say, look, you know, we're not really ready to do this, but while I'm here, let's give it a go and see what we've got. You know, you, you obviously need to keep, keep it up, you know, keep the, the training up, but, you know, let's, let's see what we've got. And it, it was incredible that in a day, yeah, we got to that point. It, it, it was amazing. I mean, we were all so shocked. You know, we couldn't believe that we were sitting there having a picnic with with Bailey, not driving us mad and ruining it, really. Yeah, it was lovely, wasn't it? It was so nice. I'll let you into a little secret. There's times when the TV producers, you know, say to me, do you think you could get to this magic um, fairy tale ending where, you know, the dog's off it? And I'm like, well, look, I'll give it my best shot, but I, I don't know how far we're going to get. But there are times, like with <laughs> Bailey, where you go, do you know what? <laughs> we really are going to get that fantasy ending in a day, aren't we? And we did, and we did, yeah. It was, it was, it was incredible, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh, well, keep up the good work. Thank you, Graham. Thank you. It was good to chat, and thank you so much. We all, you listen. We, we all learnt a lot, and um, yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely made our lives a lot easier with Bailey. One of the things Bailey used to do was jump up for food, and I want to have a little think about that part in particular. Dom's been in touch with just this problem. My partner and I have a six-month-old whippet called Murray. But one thing we're really struggling with is stopping him roaming around the kitchen diner, which is where he spends most of his time, standing up with his front paws on the worktops and dining table in a quest for any food he can find. So we gently push him off to the side to knock him off balance, and we've associated that with a command off, spoken fairly firmly. And then he often gets some calm praise, like, good boy, well done, when he's down. We also move to block him with our backs when we're preparing food and he tries to stand up next to us. And that works, although he just trundles around to the other side and tries again and again. Problem is, whilst he generally does respond to the off command, even from a distance now without the little push, that doesn't stop him trying again two seconds later and two seconds after that and so on. Ideally, we'd like him not to bother at all. Any tips? 
Good. Well, that's interesting. Um, very well explained, Dom. Thank you for uh, thanks for getting in touch. So it, it sounds as though, Dom, you've made a really good job of associating this nudge off to the side that sort of moves him off the, the work surface with a command that you're saying at the same time, off. So being nudged sideways isn't particularly pleasant. I mean, hopefully you do it in a way that's not going to hurt him. I'm sure that's the, the case. But he's associating this like, feeling with this off command. So he now knows what off means. And then at the moment he comes down, you're praising him for backing down, for, for doing it right. So you've, you've kind of got there. The, the problem I think you've got is that, well, technically he's obeying the command, but he's kind of going, oh, I have complied with your request. Great, I'll jump back up again. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, no, you need to do more than just comply with that for a millisecond. We need to teach him that, no, actually just complying for a millisecond and then jumping back up again isn't really what we're after. That amount of time that you're down, we need to stretch what else could we do? Well, he's clearly motivated by food, so very much like Bailey. I might be thinking here about using a treat to reward him if he stays off. And again, you could chuck that treat into his bowl so that you've made that distinction between your food over there on the floor, look, ours up here on the uh, on the surface. So the way I would do it is it would be exactly as you start. So uh, off and he comes down, that's fine. And then you need to extend the time. So he's down for a second... Good boy, that's nice. And then you can account to three. Right, there's a treat. Right? And you can probably see where I'm going to go with this. We're going to extend that amount of time. Because what you've got is get off and boof, you're back up again. Off, back up again, off, back up again. Right. So I think it needs to be you're off and you stay off for a period. And if you do stay off for longer, there's something small in it for you. The last thing to then do is make that treat reward random. It's, it's what we call a variable reward schedule. He never knows when the treat's going to drop, but it might now and again. So he keeps gambling that, OK, if I stay down, if I stay down, they might well chuck me a treat. So I think you can you could certainly do that. Another thing, if he's jumping up when you are there, you could he's a whippet, so excuse the pun here, but uh, you could whip it away from him um, if you're quick. You know, says, ah, no, and you, you pull it away. Try that and see how it goes, but... Um, it'll go one of two ways. If he just thinks it's a big game and he's like, yay, fantastic, it's food and it moves, and he's going to be quick because he's a whippet, then, you know, quit with that one. There are things that you try in dog training on the basis of this is either going to put a consequence in or it'll just make it worse. If you do it three times and it's making it worse, don't do it a fourth time. That's what I would say. Well, it sounds as though Murray's been quite clever, but um, he doesn't beat a dog that I once saw in a kitchen who would who would pretend to get something from the work surface over there by jumping up at the work surface. And when the people ran towards it to save, you know, whatever it was, he would barrel towards the, the flip-top bin in the opposite corner of the kitchen, knock it over and nick some food out of that from the rubbish. It was a brilliant, brilliant distraction technique. Ten out of ten. One final thought about dogs nicking food. Um, they're pretty damn quick when they do it. They're sneaky, but fast, fast. And we usually react in a fast way as well. And partly it's because you're, you know, you're probably preparing food, you're starving, you want to get it done. But as soon as the dog moves, like, oh, 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 and everybody's in a frenzy. So the thing to do is try and train this when you're not actually preparing food and you're not actually starving. And when he goes for it, you've got all eyes on him and you can react in a firm way 
consistent kind of way. So instead of it being a panic and you're fueling the fire, it's a bit more, no, and you do it that way. So in Alana's case, that's exactly what was happening in their house. And the training I put in was, was nice and calm. It just took everything down a notch. And what that did for Bailey was it gave him time to be able to think clearly. A big thank you to Alana for joining me. Well, we described some of the chaos that Bailey used to cause, but if you want to see it for yourself, uh, you can catch up on his episode of Dogs Behaving Very Badly on My5. And there are more mischievous hounds on the show every Tuesday on Channel 5. What is it that your dog does that gets you all worked up? Now, you can tell me by sending me an email or a voice note. It's even better, actually, to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com. I look forward to thinking about how, well, maybe we can help your dog later on in the series. I'll be back next week, so just before you go, do make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Okay, well, take care of yourself, won't you? And, of course, your dogs. Bye for now. Listener.